You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. This is this is Connect Sunday. And I'm uh, I'm excited to have our speakers come up in just a moment and I'm going to introduce them all. But ultimately, the most important thing that can happen right now And I don't want to steal their thunder, but the most important thing that can happen right now is that you establish that connection with your Heavenly Father. He is is the only connection that is absolutely required. God has given us the ability to connect with other people in this world and for a good purpose and a good reason and a good calling. But unless you're connected with your Heavenly Father, everything else will pale, will pale in comparison. It's just a shadow of what connection really means. It's just, a, it's just a glimpse of what your life can be like. So over the course of this message, and maybe even right now, you felt that pull, that tug to connect with your Heavenly Father. I want you to hold on to that. And I want you to allow it to grow within you. Because at the end of this message, we're going to have an opportunity, if you've never done it, to establish that relationship, that connection with your Heavenly Father. So I want you to, over the next 30 minutes, I want you to to open up your heart, open up your life, and allow Jesus to speak to you, minister to you, as we bring up these ministers, these preachers, these leaders, to unpack some things for you. And I know that as you, as you lean in, as you press in, God is, gonna, God is gonna reveal something to you. He's gonna reveal an area where you need connection. You need relationship. You need to be in partnership, in agreement, not just with him, but with other people. So let's do that right now. Thank you, Father, that you're, you're here in this place, that you're opening up hearts and minds to establish those connections, those relationships, that you're gonna speak through these ministers today, God, to reveal things to us that, that we need to establish in our lives. We need to grow, we need to connect, we need to be vulnerable, we need to be real. We need to allow your presence to come in, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, just stay standing for one more minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to announce up who these ministers are, who these preachers are, and uh, they're going to come up rapid fire. We're doing a three by ten because uh, our, the heart of our seniors, pastors, Jurgen and Leanne, is to constantly be raising up, developing, encouraging, giving opportunities for, for new leaders, new speakers, new teachers of all ages to come up. The Bible even says, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, that his words will be proclaimed. So from young to old, first time in the church, seasoned veteran, it doesn't really matter. God can speak through you. So I'm excited to, to introduce our first speaker today. He and his beautiful wife lead the Connect ministry at this campus. They're our East Campus Connect Group directors. It's their duty and responsibilities to make Connect groups great again. We had a season during the pandemic where we were separated, where we had some parties here and there, but we're ready to come back into Connect groups with force on the start of this Connect Sunday. Jake Schutte is gonna be speaking first, leading us off. Right, right after him, the man behind the keys is going to step out front. Such a faithful leader and teacher with he and his beautiful wife. They've, had, they've honestly had an amazing connect group throughout the whole pandemic. They just decided they weren't going to participate in the, uh, the time off. 
They were just going to keep plugging in, keep pressing in, and, and really they had a heart to, to speak into and to develop specific people God put on their hearts. And so we're excited to, to see them continue in that discipleship and that leading, and they do it so faithfully. Excited to have Jared Van Tassel going to be preaching. And last but not least, you heard her uh, handsome hubby preach last week, so we thought it was only fair to give Kelly Isaacs an opportunity to come up and share such a bright light. She and Scott lead our assimilations group here, so um, anybody who's involved in serving in any capacity has been developed, discipled fellowship with them and through them, and so we're excited to to see um, what's, hap- what's going to happen in the next season of growing new servant leaders, uh, because when we do move into that building, we know there's going to be a big need for a lot of workers. So I'm taking up too much time already. Please put your hand together for Jake Shooty as he comes to kick us off. Thank you, worship team. You guys, there you go, sit. Let's, um, I'm just going to pray really quick. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. I thank you that these are your words written in time for such a season as this, that it is not my words. And I thank you for unlocking hearts and ears, that this message is received what you want to speak and what you want to say. Amen. Man, I love baseball. I grew up playing baseball, and I used to love hitting off a tee. And I felt like the worship team put the ball on the tee, and all I have to do is swing and hit a home run right now. It's set up for me. But um, I want to honor our pastors, Jürgen and Leanne. I mean, opening up a place where they're going to really raise up leaders. People who are afraid to speak now speak on stages. People who are are so crippled by fear run free of it because of the atmospheres that they've set. And I thank you, Pastor Michael and Lisa. You guys have adapted to everything that has happened, changing places, being under a tent in a parking lot. And look at the atmosphere that's around us. And that's on you guys and your leadership. Thank you guys. And I can't go on any further without saying, you better fill out a card. I will find you if you don't. So uh, this year... um, I, I wanted to read the following Jesus uh, Bible plan on the, the UVerse Bible app for the, like, I wanted to read the Bible in the whole year. And I was like, I'm going to follow this one. And I love that it actually has a mixture of Old Testament and New Testament and some Proverbs every day. So you're not getting all falling asleep, not paying attention when you're going through the list of names of who begot who. You're like, oh, Jesus is speaking. I'm paying attention. At least that happens to me. And so uh, on January 8th, I, Matthew, uh, it was Matthew chapter 8. And I want to read this to you guys because I've read this and I've heard this story so many times, but it's something stood out differently to me. And so if you guys can put it on the screen, Matthew 8. I'm just going to start reading. So um, going to chapter uh, verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, the centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And I'm going to paraphrase the next couple of verses, but basically Jesus was astonished and offended the Jews. And then go to verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed that very moment. 
I was caught off guard by the use of servant. I had always assumed or is in my head that it was a child. It was his son. But this centurion leader, this warrior, went out of his way to go to protect someone, to fight for someone that he was supposed to oversee. Someone who probably didn't have a title, someone who was probably meaningless in other people's eyes, but it was someone who just took care of the household, someone who just did things around the house, someone that he's just supposed to be under his care. But like he went out of his way to find Jesus, to get him a word, to bring healing. And uh, so I was like, man, this is like a connect leader. This is what I want my connect leaders to be like, like the centurion. And so I started to do a research. I was like, okay, what is the, what is like, what is a centurion? Like, can I look up more about it? Well, I went to Britannica and Britannica says this, a centurion is a principal professional officer in ancient Roman empire. The centurion was a commander of a centuria, which was the smallest unit of a Roman legion. A legion is normally composed of 6,000 soldiers. Each legion was divided into 10 cohorts, and each cohort containing six centuria. And I just, it hit me. This is honestly the, the platform, the outline of our church, where our church is a spiritual legion, and each campus is a cohort, and each connect group is a centuria. So right now, I want all of my connect leaders to stand up. If, if, Wyatt, stand up. Come on, others, stand up. All you guys, stand up. I want everyone else to look around you. Look at these leaders. These are the leaders of East Campus. These are the ones who want to open up their homes. They want to see you excel. They want to see you thrive. They don't want you to be left where you're at. So make sure you go up to them. Ask them for a phone number. It's not weird. Say, hey, I want to come to your house. I want to hang out. I want to. It's not weird. It's his church. We're meant to actually go to other people's houses, not be at home, right? Time to start doing that again. You guys go ahead and sit down. <laughs> so you guys may be wondering, why really do we want to go to a connect group? Like, what, what's the heart? What's the purpose behind it? And um, I have three points for you on why that we can learn from the centurion. And the first point is leaders care. They don't want to see you paralyzed where you're at. Maybe it's fear in this season. Maybe you're going through financial troubles. Maybe you lost who you are and you don't know where to go next. When you join a connect group, you're surrounding yourself by someone who cares about you. They care about what happens to you. So much so that this centurion, he was like, I can't just sit here and watch my servant be paralyzed and suffer. I have to do something about that. And that is the heart of our connect leaders. No, the connect leaders do not want to see you where you're at. They want to see you flourish. Um, I remember like seven plus years ago, there was a pastor here who knew that I needed to step out of fear of speaking. So he showed up at my house at 4.40 every Tuesday morning and drove my butt to men's prayer because he knew what I needed and he knew where I needed to go, which is my point number two. Leaders know where to go. The centurion knew exactly where to find Jesus, right? The centurion, like, he is strategic. He knows, he's like, okay, Jesus will probably come through this gate. He will probably come in this entrance. And we could cut him off here because I know I need to get before him. 
and connect leaders, they, they truly know, if even if they don't know, they know. They know who to go to. They know to go into prayer, right? Like they, that's the, the first response is like, let's go to prayer. Let's ask God. Let's see what he says about this. I remember um, a few years ago, my father-in-law woke up one morning, no memory. Everything was gone. And just like, what do we do? So I turned to her brother and we did prayer walks, believing. You're like, no, we're going to go to prayer because that's what we know to go to. His, his memory came back the next day, like nothing happened. Praise to God, right? Yeah. Lastly, Connect leaders and the centurion knew the power of the word of God. The centurion knew that all Jesus had to do was say he's healed and then he was healed. Like we know, we know this and we understand this as like a powerful faith, but our connect leaders understand this. When you go to a connect group, they are going to understand. They're going to press in. They're going to go and find the word for you. They're going to press in. They're all fast. I've known connect leaders who fast for their people, who won't eat until they get a word for the person to see healing. They'll visit their people in the hospitals and pray. Like this is the family. This is the who you want in your life. This is the type of family you need. Not the family you want necessarily, but it's the family you need. <laughs> Um, I know for me, the power of one word happened in um, Revelations 12, 11. I had this overcoming fear of speaking in front of people. And I remember, I remember just telling Joy, being like, they ask us to speak, we're leaving. Like, there's no way. <laughs> if they ask us to talk in front of people, we, I will run to a different church and not think twice about it. I, I, I literally, like, did want nothing to do with it, but, but God, right? <laughs> Revelations 12, 11 said they, triumph, they uh, triumphed over the, over the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. I, when I got this one word, fear left. Fear left. I can stand on this word every time I come up here because I know that I, I'm overcoming. I'm taking ground when I speak. I know the enemy has no foothold and cannot, cannot resist. So my question for you guys today is who are you speaking your testimony with? It should be your connect group. It should be your people. It should be sharing what God is doing. This is how you overcome, not just by the blood, but also by the power of your testimony. And I'm going to encourage you guys today to join Awakens Spiritual Legion by joining a cohort that's a connect group. Thank you, guys. Yeah, keep that going for Jake. Keep that going. Amazing leader, Jake. Hey, I want to take a minute to honor uh, our leaders, Pastor Michael and Lisa and uh, I don't do this lightly. Um, I love you guys. And, the, you know, right now the worship team is, we're very successful as a team. We have, in auditions coming up on the 25th, we have the most uh, per capita per campus of auditioners. Um, kids is doing phenomenal. They're getting more volunteers. I know that connect groups are booming. And I'd like to say that that's because there's such phenomenal leaders. But the reason is because of what you guys are pouring into each of us. And so thank you very much. The title of my message 
is uh, getting back on track. And, you know, this, this season has proven it's really easy to get stuck in a rut. It's really easy to get into a place where we're, you know, whatever the things going on around us get us stuck, get us in a rut. And uh, I'll just say that for Mandy and I, for our family, we, we haven't been stuck in a rut in this season. We haven't, we haven't noticed. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just, I'm just saying that because it, it just hasn't felt stuck for any of us. And that hasn't always been the case. You know, it, even in our church life in years past, we've been stuck in a rut of work, 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 Saturday, church, repeat. And a plateau of church life, just going through the motions. I've been stuck in a life of sin in my past. I've been stuck in a negative mindset of thinking. But over the past several years, I haven't felt stuck at all. And I took some time over the holidays to really think, what is it? What are the things? And, you know, we say all the time, favor ain't fair and hashtag blessed. But why? I took some time to think, why? You know, favor isn't fair, but there's things we can do to intentionally align ourselves under the favor of God. And there's things that we can do. Like, I hear people say favor ain't fair. And I said, yeah, but what you did to get under the favor of God is what caused it. And we can't neglect that. Um, So as I took time to evaluate, I really, it all kept coming back to the community that we were a part of is what determined the rut that we were in. And... um, you know, everything that we've gone through, good or bad, hard, easy, whatever it is, happens with our community. And over the past 10 years, 10 or 11 years is probably the time my wife and I really committed our life to following God after college. And in those times, we let community be whatever was convenient, whatever was easy, whatever flowed, whatever worked, our gym friends, our roommates, our coworkers, whatever wasn't difficult was the thing that we were like, hey, this will be our community for now. And, um, you know, Community is so important. The, the community that you have around you determines the trajectory of your life. And I want to say that again because this is strongly important. The community that you have around you, the people that you put in your life, determines the trajectory that you're going to go. And uh, the cool thing about community is it's your choice. You can't choose your family, but you can choose your community. And, you know, as we, as we kind of got into this house, as we kind of got, especially when we came out to East, we really started plugging into this idea of what I call intentional community God's way. And we started, you know, committing to it and saying, hey, we're going to be intentional about what our community looks like. And, um, you know, it it wasn't always the easiest path. Uh, But I want to take a minute really quickly to honor the Connect leaders that have been over our lives. Uh, The Hunleys were our first Connect leaders when we started. Uh, The Turners, Will and Kayla Turner, were our Connect leaders when we came to East, and then Daniel and Heather Mulchinoff have been our Connect leaders and have grown, all these people have grown to our really close friends and family. Um, we've walked through some of the hardest times in our marriage together with the Mulchinoffs and come out better on the other side because, like Jake said, they have been the ones that have been willing to fast, to pray, to open their home for us. And so I really want to encourage you, find Connect leaders. These people want to pour into you. Um, you know, when we had just bought our first home, we had a massive flood while we were on vacation. Best time to have a flood. And somebody typed in our, in our group me, hey, the Van Tassels have a flood. Can people show up to come help? We were gone. We were 300, 400 miles away and helpless and freaking out, to be honest. 30 people from our connect group showed up at our house, ripped out the floors, tore out the walls, got a restoration company. We're, we're, we're not even there. We have no idea what's going on. My neighbors called me. They're like, hey, do I need to call the police? There's people in your house. Um, But it was awesome because our community shows up in ways 
that we, we couldn't ask for. And that was when I knew this is it. Like, this is what we're called to as believers. This is what we need to be a part of. And so I got three points about intentional community. The first one is, and this might be a little challenging, so please bear with me. Community is not always easy when you do it God's way. There's going to be things that kind of challenge you a little bit, kind of push you to, to step outside of that comfort zone, to get behind a pulpit, to get behind a keyboard, to get behind in a drum cage. There's going to be things where it says, hey, I want you to lead next year. I want you to lead a connect group and open your home. Um, it's not always easy, but in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together. And I think that the writer was intentional about that word neglect uh, because it's so easy to neglect showing up to connect. It's like, ah, uh, tonight I'm just going to binge Netflix got season four to watch. And I did, I, uh, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. I had a, a rough day. I don't want to get the kids in the car and they're going to be out late and I got school tomorrow. We come up with a thousand excuses, but the Bible says, don't neglect it. Don't neglect the gathering together. Um, getting out of a rut is hard. It's, it's difficult to get out of a rut sometimes. And, you know, sometimes we try to do it ourselves and we pull forward and back up and pull forward and back up. And we just get deeper into the rut. And we're like, I can do this, I can do this. And we don't want to call anybody because it's embarrassing that we're in a rut. Meanwhile, our family's sitting in the car like, man, I wish dad would just call someone to them. That may or may not have happened. But sometimes you need people to come around you and dig the junk out that's holding your wheel in place. You need them to lay a word, to lay down a foundation, a board, something that you can ride up on, that you can get up out of that rut. You need to allow people to come alongside you and say, hey, I'm stuck. Help me get out of this. So it's not always easy. Sometimes you got to make that hard call and open up your heart a little bit before you can be poured into. Point number two, build it right. Um, too often I have heard, you know, I went to a connect group and I got offended. And so I'm just going to take a season and not go to connect. Um, you know, when we first started at Awaken, we made every excuse we could make. You know, it's too far. It's not on the day I want it to be on. It doesn't meet our calendar. We have babies and they don't allow babies there, so we're not gonna go. Whatever we could find, we, we were like, hey, that's it. And we, we tried one and then we were like, oh, didn't work out. We're not gonna go. And our life, while it was blessed, was stagnant. Our life didn't accelerate. We were still in the church every Sunday. We still served, we worshiped, but our life was at a plateau. It moved like this, which is great. That's where the enemy wants you. He wants you to move like this. He doesn't want you to move like this. Because when you move flat, you're not taking ground for the kingdom and he doesn't feel threatened. When you start moving up, that's when things start getting hard. That's when you're like, why? I feel like I'm doing good, but it's so hard. It's because you're, you're taking back ground that was once his and he hates it. Um, so build it right. In, in Matthew 24, one and two, uh, as Jesus was leaving the temple, the disciples pointed out various temple buildings. And they pointed to these buildings like, wow, look at how amazing that is. And Jesus said, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. And so I want to give you that word as I was reading that and thinking about it. Be careful of what you build in your mind that a connect should look like. Don't build up this image and then when you get there, be like, well, it's not my image, I'm out. Open up your heart to let it be what, what, what God has made for it to be for you. And it may look a little different, but it will be something that's built on a solid foundation that won't get torn down. Uh, my last point, and point number three, is produce your own fruit. Uh, you may come into a connect group and, and you need fruit. You need to eat. You need to, you're in a hurting place. We did. You're in a hurting place and you need someone to pour into you. That's what it's designed for. Get poured into, 
get filled up, but then produce your own fruit. Turn around and produce your own fruit and say, hey, I've been blessed. The Mulchinoffs blessed us by opening their home by loving on us. The Turners blessed us by pouring into us when we need it most. The Hunleys blessed us by being patient with us and loving on us. Then once we got filled up and ate off their fruit, off their abundance, we could turn around and say, okay, it's our turn. It's our turn to produce fruit and pour back in. In 1 Peter 3, 8, it says, finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. That, that one mind, that one-mindedness is how can we take all of us and get off this plateau? Because this plateau as Christians being stagnant, staying where we're at, that's not what we're called to. That's not the abundance that God has for us. So that one-mindedness, let's get all of us on the same track and let's take off. That's what I have for you. I want to... Thank you. I, I want to take this time now to introduce a powerhouse and a giant that's coming up after me, a businesswoman, a leader, a friend, Kelly Isaacs. Good morning. How in the world am I going to follow that? These two did amazing. I was supposed to go first, and things changed. <laughs> um, so I want to honor first Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. Of course, everyone hears us honor our leaders when we get up here. And the reason we do that is because we want to honor their sacrifice to get us to where we are. I'm so thankful for East Campus. I'm so thankful that we are meeting in a parking lot, and yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. Like, church shouldn't be this good in a tent, right? And every week, it just gets better and better. And um, so I want to honor Michael and Lisa. Um, you're great friends of ours, and we look up to you guys, and we appreciate that you push us to do things that are uncomfortable, and that you let me hold the mic after the stuff I said a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And if you weren't here, you missed it. It was a good one. I got real red and everything. Um, <laughs> and then I want to honor my husband, Scott. He um, has gone over this message with me for hours. Um, and he tends to keep me focused because I tend to like, oh, oh, oh. And then he's like, well, that's really good, but it doesn't really go with what you're saying. <laughs> so he helps me. But I do have to point out, last week when he came up here, he forgot his Bible. So I remembered mine. <laughs> so hopefully that sets me up to do a good job today. <laughs> okay, so to start out, um, I love stories. I love hearing stories. I love reading stories. I love telling stories. And there's a certain police officer in here, Stacy or Chili, and there's a certain nurse in here that I ask questions all the time because I love hearing their stories. Like, it's interesting. It's exciting. And so I recently heard a new little story that I wanted to tell you. Um, so just bear with me because it's, it's kind of cute, but you'll understand at the end. It's really good. So the story is about a woman. Her name is Jill, and she lived on a mountaintop. And every day she would take two pails and she would walk down the mountain and go down to the river and collect water. And the pails were like wooden with like the metal like rings around the outside. And one of the pails aged better than the other. The pail on her left was beautiful and fancy and it was still um, in pristine condition. It looked like it did the day she got it. And the pail on the right was cracked 
and it had a little rust and it dripped water on the way back up to her house. And so she still every day took the pails down and got water and brought them back up to do her laundry. And the pail that was getting a little old started to feel kind of sad. Bear with me, seriously, it's a good story. Started to feel kind of sad and it had this crack in the wood and it felt like it just wasn't holding up. And so one day it looked at Jill and it said, Pails can look and talk, by the way. Um, It looked at Jill and it said, I've served you well all these years, but now I see my time is finished. All my imperfections and scars have made me useless. And when you carry me up the mountain, I spill all of my water. I'm no good to you anymore. And Jill stopped and looked down at the bucket and talked back to it and said, you don't understand. You aren't paying attention. Look around. And for the first time ever, the bucket stopped looking at its own imperfections and looked outside. And it noticed that on the right side of the path, going up and down the mountain, there was this beautiful garden covered in flowers, all varieties, all kinds. It was completely abundant and absolutely breathtaking. And the left side of the path was bare. There was nothing there. It was just dirt. And Jill looked down and said to the bucket, I've always known about your flaws. And so I planted seeds on your side of the path. And every day you water them and add more beauty to the world. Right? Such a good one. (laughs) So from that day on, the little bucket felt purpose. And as it happily dripped water on its way up the hill, it realized that its imperfections had purpose and caused beauty to form in something new. So that was one of the stories that I read, and I was like, oh, that's heartwarming. And as I was thinking about it, God brought me to another story. And this one is from further back in the Bible. And it's a Bible story. It was when Jesus lived on the earth. And Jesus, which I realized, he could have lived on his own. He could have lived in solitude and just gone out and witnessed and reached the people and then gone back to his house, right? But instead, he lived in community. He had friends. And even when Scott and I were first came here and we saw Hero, it kind of opened up a new view of what Jesus was like because we always thought it was solemn. We always thought it was like, okay, we're gonna pray. But Jesus had friends, like the Last Supper. They hung out, they laughed. They joked about funny things they said from the pulpit. Like, it was just fun. And it kind of dawned on me that Jesus had the first connect group. It was a guy's group, but I mean, whatever. Um, (laughs) So this story starts after the crucifixion. And since the crucifixion happened and Jesus was gone, connect attendance was way down. Like everyone was discouraged. They were really sad that he was gone. And so they took a break. When they started back up again, in John 20, it says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. That was an amazing connect. So after that, there was a couple people who had missed and Thomas was one of them. When he found out what had happened, he had massive FOMO and decided he was not gonna miss another connect group. So the week following in verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. 
Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas looked at him and said, my Lord and my God. As I was reading this story, the thing that stood out to me the most and that really got highlighted were the hands of Jesus. His hands brought love and healing and resurrection to so many people, but they also bared the scars of the greatest story ever told, that he went to the cross and died for us so that we could live with him in eternity. So when I was thinking about my message, I had um, a ton of great ideas and it, some of them were good and I kept going down that road and I, it just didn't feel right. So I went up to Mount Helix and I was sitting and watching the sunset with my sidekick, Scott, and it was just so beautiful. I feel very close to God in nature because I just feel like you can see his creation and it's just right there in your face. And as I was sitting there, I had this vision and it was pretty quick and um, I was standing and I saw this person next to me and they were reaching up to me and their hands were bandaged and they were reaching up to me and I thought they need help. Like I knew they needed help. And so I went to reach out and I recoiled and I thought, what is wrong with me? Like this person needs me to help them. And I looked down at my hands and I saw that my hands were covered in scars covered. And all the scars were healed. But I knew in my heart that every scar was a failure of my past. Every scar was a mistake. Every scar was some way that discounted me from helping that person that needed attention. And I felt ashamed. I felt cracked and damaged and unqualified. And in that moment, I decided to push past push past that feeling that I was unqualified to help them. And when I grabbed their hands, they grabbed my hands and there was an instant connection. And the person looked up at me inside and just smiled. And the look on their face and the feeling that I felt was greater than any fear and any feeling that I didn't have it in myself to help them. And I saw that on the mountain, and in that moment, I realized what God was trying to tell me. He was trying to say, the experiences and mistakes in your past are what help you relate and encourage people in your present. Don't hide your past or the lessons you've learned. It makes you qualified to help others, and it will eliminate self-doubt in them. Just like when Jesus showed his hands to Thomas and Thomas believed, it knocked out any unbelief and any doubt that was in his heart and it helped him to see and believe. The scars that are on your hands, the scars that you've experienced. I'm looking out at the sea of friends. Every one of you, everything that you've experienced creates your story. It creates the thing that's gonna help you reach out to people. And as I was thinking about that, I, I kind of got a little bit mad. And you ask, how would I get mad? But I thought, how many times have I missed out? 
How many times have I been asked to do something and I missed out because I thought, no, I'm not good enough for that. No, I can't do that as well as someone else. How many times? How many times am I gonna let things pass by that God had planned for me? And today, I feel like there's people in here, you feel called to go to a connect. But in your ear, you hear this, well, I might not fit in. Or you feel called to start a connect and lead a connect. And you think, well, maybe my house isn't quite nice enough. Or maybe I won't know what to say when people get there. Or maybe there's some people here who are thinking, I should really be serving on a team. But I'm just not sure where that would fit in. God has placed the perfect story in each and every one of us that will speak to others. And when we discount that, whose voice do you think we're listening to? Who's whispering that in your ear? Who's whispering that you're not good enough? And I'm telling you today, we need to stop it. We need to say, enemy, stop talking to me. Stop telling me that I'm not good enough. Stop telling me that I can't host a group. Stop telling me that I can't do this or that. We need to stop doubting our purpose. Stop doubting that God has a plan for every person in here and that your story isn't gonna be a blessing to other people. So don't focus on your imperfections. Focus on the God who placed you here and called you for this assignment. You are not here by accident. You're here on purpose. God has a plan for each and every one of you. So I'm asking you today, I've decided I'm gonna throw self-doubt out the window. I'm gonna throw it out and I'm gonna do anything that I'm asked. How many of you are gonna do that too? How many of you are gonna say, enough devil, I'm tired of listening to what you say, I'm tired of listening to you say that I am not good enough I'm, and throwing my past in my face. I'm gonna listen to God now and I'm gonna listen to the plan that he has for me and it's okay. And say this in the mirror every day, look at yourself and say, it's okay. I am perfectly imperfect. I love you all. Oh my goodness. So good, all three of them. Leaders care, position yourself in community. It'll help you produce fruit and your imperfections have purpose. So amazing how these these things all tie together without really coordination or any interaction. It just shows you that God is moving through them and moving in this place. And um, I want to do one quick thing before we leave. Thanks for hanging in there. Um, but as I mentioned at the start, if there's anybody here today who, who feels like they, they are, are not connected or they've been disconnected from their Heavenly Father, then I want to give you an opportunity right now to connect or reconnect with Him. That is the most important thing that's, that's on the heart of all these, these amazing people who have spoken today. So right now where you're at, if you could close your eyes, bow your heads, I just want to give a, a, a moment right now for anyone who'd like to establish that relationship with their Heavenly Father. And, and what that means is just, is just opening your heart up to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're declaring that you believe in God, you believe in His Son, who was raised from the dead, to take your sins upon Himself so that you could have an everlasting life with your Heavenly Father. So if that's you today, or 
if maybe at one point you did say that prayer, you established that relationship, but over the course of life, things have happened. There's been a disconnect that you feel between you and your Heavenly Father. I want to help you repair that connection today. I want to help you reestablish that link. Get back onto the path that he has called you to walk on. Get back onto the path where you're producing fruit for your own life and for other people. That your ability to, to create shade, to produce fruit, is not just for yourself, but you've been called to be a blessing to other people, to provide shade for other people, to provide help and aid for others who need to be reconnected, who need to take a place of rest and recharge and refresh. So if that's you today, you've never established that relationship or you want to reconnect, would you do me a favor right now and just lift up your hand? I'd love to pray with you. Who are those ones that I'm praying for today? Who are those ones who need to establish that relationship or reconnect with their Heavenly Father? I feel like there's a couple people right now and there's, there's a, like a tug of war happening in your spirit. It's like you know, you know you need that, but you're not sure how to do it or you're not sure if it's the right time. Well, let me encourage you, friend, now is the right time. There's not a better time. Who are those ones? I just want to give it another moment. Who are those ones who need to establish that relationship? God bless you, sir. See that hand. See that hand. Anyone else today? It's time to be courageous. It's time to be bold. It's time to step out and respond to his call. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to bring you down front. I just want to know who I'm praying for today. Someone else here today, I believe that God is speaking to you right now. Just going to have, wait a few more seconds. God bless you. God bless you. See that hand. So good. Thank you, Father. Let's all do this right now. God bless you. See that hand. So proud of you. Thank you for being courageous. Anyone else? So good. Let's, let's do this. Let's all pray this prayer together, especially those of you who lifted up your hand, but everybody here together, repeat after me. Just say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. I pray today that you will bless me, that you will lift me up, encourage me as I submit my life to you. I thank you that God is my Father and heaven is my home, and I will live out the rest of my life in a way that honors you, that honors your sacrifice, that honors your name. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.